There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. All right. Here we are. So Doug is absent today because he's not feeling well. Today it's just Liam. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Max. Arr, arr. <laughs> and Josh. Arr, arr. No. Dog town. Trio in the house. Yeah. Shoot. Rough Riders. We killed Doug. So. No, we didn't. I love Doug. Liam wasn't involved. So I don't have any retractions. Um, it's been a while since our last episode. It's been two weeks because mm-hmm. that's our new release schedule. And since Which that, feels weird. In that time, we released RPG from scratch. Yes. Which is um, doing pretty well, and the second episode will have come out by the time this airs, and we're pretty excited about the response from that, too. I mean, we're not going to stop doing this because we need this for our writing, <laughs> but uh, but thank you, everybody who crossed over from listening to this to listen to RPG from scratch. And we man, definitely appreciate it. It would be really thank cool you. if they did it reverse-wise, too. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Doing well. Well. Great. So <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, other than other than I just spent seven hundred fifty dollars that I really didn't want to spend. Oh wow! Fixing my car. Oh yeah, it was a drag. That's right. Oh, it geez. broke. It broke at a Fourth of July party, which was so sad because you're like, oh, no one's gonna come. I can't get a tow at eleven thirty at night. Like that on banging the 4th is of not. July. It's not fireworks. No, no, it was my serpentine pelt being just dis- uh, belt being destroyed. My serpentine pelt, my pelt of a snake. It's good now, though. Good. Yeah, I had, I had to get a new AC compressor, and it sucked. I was driving home with my wife. My wife was driving on the way home from Melbourne, and we had our front tire blow out. Ooh. So that was fun. I heard you almost died. Could have. Luckily, we have a squat car that didn't flip, and no one was next to us to... To kill you? Yeah, while we were sliding into the next lane. I had a pretty eventful weekend. I oh, went yeah. to. Oh, yeah. we'll stop talking. Please tell us about your weekend. No, I really. Well, I want to. Done. I want to fucking you hear done? about this weekend, dude. I had three more words. <laughs> Use them. I don't want. Them. <laughs> I'm going to save them. Okay. One of them was fuck. So I went to. Uh, me and the Ghostbusters Resurrection crew went to Atlanta as the guests of honor for a a Ghostbusters dance party at this crazy building that's going to be demolished soon called the the Masquerade, which was awesome, man. This is, be- this is the coolest looking club I've ever gone to. It was like, that's a buddy adventure story waiting to be made. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Um, you can call it the masquerade. Yeah. Our bartender had a Slimer costume, and she was MVP. She 
did a great job, and I, I don't I don't have a lot to say about it without going into like the nitty gritty details. But it was a lot of fun, lots of dancing. More than twelve people. There was a lot more than twelve people because that was your original worry was that you're going to show up to like a basement. Because yeah, I didn't know any of these people, yeah. but it was it was more like showing up to a dungeon, like a third story dungeon. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was, it was so That's cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah, and I was sick the whole ride home because I was hungover. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Wasn't that, that wasn't that fun, though. Did you cross the streams? Yeah, I'm pretty sure a couple times. <laughs> 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 a couple times we crossed the streams. Was that everything everybody did? Let's, let's, talk, about, thing. let's talk about the media that we consumed. Yes, let's so, do that. Liam, what did you, um, you consume? I watched some stuff. I need to start keeping a fucking journal. Uh, but the two that I'm really going to talk about is uh, the first one is this movie called Wild Canaries. I watched it on Netflix. It looks like it was going to be one of those, uh, you know, Brooklyn independent films, a couple's going through a hard time. And the movie starts out that way for about an hour. And then the last 40 minutes, it makes this wonderful slide genre wise laterally into thriller. Oh. And it makes the whole movie worthwhile because whole, the whole the plot is it's a couple they're in a wacky modern situation that no one can really understand and it's really tearing their relationship apart and then this girl gets convinced that someone was murdered in their apartment complex and there's all this stuff going on and the whole time you're thinking like this girl is fucking crazy turns out she's right then there's a whole murder mystery aspect of it and it wraps itself up really nicely I mean I like stupid indie films. As much mm-hmm. as the the next guy who's in his late twenties, but the fact that they did something new, turn it on it on its head, like really, it's not a super good movie, but they did something new. Like I hadn't seen that, and it worked, and it was good. And then the second thing I saw that I was really impressed with that has just stuck with me is, uh, and I watched it on your recommendation, on Ma- Mir- Max's recommendation, no, on on Josh's on recommendation oh. uh, of Miracles and Men, yeah, and it's about the Soviet hockey like olympic hockey team yeah we talked we t- i talked oh, about it on here man and doug saw it, it too it was so good it might be top three documentaries i've ever seen it stuck with me like yeah. it's of it's, course it's, i was there yeah it was so good <laughs> it, max you're, you're the oddball out now you gotta watch it. i will watch it it's on netflix it's good you end up loving it like and the best part is the guy who becomes the main character of kind of like the last you don't realize why you're following arc. him yeah he yeah. you keep he keeps showing up and he keeps just talking to him and you're like, okay, this guy seems really nice. Knows a lot about hockey. Who are you? You're not. You <laughs> haven't been mentioned yet. And then they mention who he is, and he was like the captain of of this team. And you're like, fuck yeah. And he was. He goes through an adventure. Oh, some shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, a lot of it's stuff. It's not an adventure. No, he goes through shit. Yeah, but it's great. It's it becomes this one hockey player versus the entire Soviet government. It's totally oh, worth. He's awesome. totally worth everyone's time. Hockey is love. <laughs> love your brother. Love him. Why are you sad? You're playing hockey. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. It's a really good documentary. What about you, Max? I have been alternating between The Wire, which is awesome. Oh, it's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I'm oh, in love with. My dad loves that. I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but that's like that was his favorite show of last year. I've heard it's good. Yeah, I heard an interview with the creator. About a crazy girl who just breaks into musicals. And sometimes she's a crazy person singing musicals around people, and sometimes everyone else is in on it. And it's just up to the situation of what happens. Oh. And I've been watching them both together, and it's been giving me very <laughs> weird dreams. I was going to say, <laughs> your dreams are really odd, I bet. Yeah, because it's like Omar and the girl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Omar. Is a gentleman from The Wire, from the wire. who oh, is. Oh, right, right, okay. He's dope. terrifying, yeah. Just dope. Awesome. 
Yeah. I went to the local comic shop for the first time, the Infinite Mushroom. Yeah. How was that? It was really nice. They were very friendly, and I bought a... Uh, that was my experience. Very bought a Hellboy guy. comic, which I'm excited to read, and I'm kind of thinking about getting back into comics. Is that not over? Is help, Or did you pick up an older one? Yeah. Okay. I just love the art style, and I'm trying to get my wife into it. Dude. So any, like, Mignola art, Mignola. she was just like, oh, fuck yeah. Isn't BPRD, that's him as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He uses so much black, but he uses it in such a cool way. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, I always liked that Atlantis, Disney Atlantis movie. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, growing up, they just took Mike Mignola's art style. And yeah. simplified it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, as for me, I saw Central Intelligence, and it was hilarious. I mean, very, very good. Much funnier than even the trailer let on. Uh, and not so much because of Kevin Hart. He's fine. He's he's funny. But The Rock, man, he kills it. Doug, Doug has this thing with, his, with our friend Mike where they say you should put out a warrant for people's arrest. You make a fake warrant for having too much fun while making a film. So, like, the top offenders are Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Jim Carrey is the Riddler, yeah. definitely. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. how, yeah, can you, how can you pass He learned those, cl- like, cane tricks for him. He yeah. learned it from him. Like, exactly. Just like, I could do this. Nicolas Cage in a lot of films. Oh, the Wicker Man, maybe. Yeah. Or no, no, the, the vampire movie he's in. He has, I think he had funny kick-ass, too. I watched that The Death of Superman Lives or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. Tim Curry is Pennywise. Ah. But... Absolutely, a hundred percent. Dwayne the Rock Johnson in this movie needs a. I mean, five star offense of having too much fun. I'd have to say, who's the Old Spice guy? Cheeseburger Larry. Oh, that's um, Terry Crews. Terry, Terry Crews in White Chicks. Oh my, yeah. I would warrant that issue. So I'd put him. I'd, I'd say Idiocracy would be, oh, would God, be my yeah. choice for him. Yeah. <laughs> President, President Macho Camacho. President Macho Camacho. He wrote that as a joke, like, hey, in 200 years, the future could look like this. No, bro. That's the problem with science fiction. They're always like, 400 years. And it's like, no, that was 20 years. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. I'm sad. What else? Um, oh, yeah. So we, I was trying to explain to somebody how the trailer for that movie was funny. And the movie was very funny. I mean, it was great. It's a great movie, but it's not like the best, the funniest movie of all time. And we had a kind of an argument about what that would be. And I, I think for me, it's caught between Dumb and Dumber and Some Like It Hot. And the, and the person I said Dumb and Dumber to was surprised that that was like like mm-hmm. vying for the top spot. That is, it's very jo- jo- like joke heavy movie. It's like, I don't know how. <laughs> joke per minute, Dumb and Dumber is it, yeah. it's, dense. It's great. I had a similar contest with myself. I watched The, the Jerk and then oh, Monty God. Python's Life of Brian. I think Life of Brian beats the jerk. Uh, to me, it's the jerk. For me, yeah, for me, it's the it's jerk a family too. movie. Growing up, like my mom always sang us a Thurma song. Like I love, I love that's the jerk. Deep seated movie, and then Life of Brian is my favorite. Monty Python. It's my. Flick. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Monty Python. I don't know, man. Meaning of Life is real. It's Meaning of Life is more entertaining but less funny. I think the only yeah. reason why we're not saying the Holy Grail is because, is because of yeah. it, it's so beat to death. But it it is legitimately yes. one of the funniest movies. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like I know I have I know I have a dark horse for funny movies. White chicks, no, is hilarious. Hey, it's funny. My roommate made me watch it, and I was like, oh shit. Dodgeball is very funny. Yeah, Dodgeball is very funny. Not as funny as Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> First Zoolander was real funny. Super Troopers, Super Troopers is good. Super Troopers is very funny. Mm-hmm. Again, not as funny. As not Dumb even and close. Dumber. The only yeah. thing, the only movie I like, I said I, that I think comes close is Some Like It Hot. That's one of the only movies where. I thought I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard during more than one part of that movie. But anyway, I also watched, speaking of funny things, the first episode of Lady Dynamite. 
And oh man, I love Maria Bamford so much. <laughs> I it took about it was the literally the first like sketch scene. Yeah. Then as soon as it was done, I was like, all right, I'm on board. Like, Everybody's in it. I mean, yeah. Brian Posehn, Patton, Patton Oswalt. Oswalt. There's a lot more shit. So this is something I should watch when I get home. Yes. Yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> it's it's the first episode's amazing. Who and 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 her two friends. Oh, they're the, great. Oh my god. It's, uh, her manager is great. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's her name? The the lady who is the agent. She was on SNL. I forget her name. Yeah, it's um. She's one of the NPR girls. Yeah, good times. Good times. Oh, Molly good Shannon. Times. No, the other no, one. the other one. Mm. I like her more than Molly Shannon. I'm trying to remember her name. She plays the jackal in Lion Guard. Yeah. Hold on. I almost got this. I'm sorry. A, I'm, I'm going to have to write her a letter and be like, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're really good in Lady Dynamite. Congratulations. Yeah, it's Anna Gosteyer. Anna ah, Gosteyer. Yeah. That's it. She plays an agent. She's hilarious. Ah, she kills. <laughs> Nobody kills more than Maria Bamford, though. She's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out for her. Yeah, finally. Yeah, she finally got her show. It just had to be on Netflix. But now she can do whatever she wants, and it's hilarious. Dude. Well, the same thing with Tig. Like, Oh, Tig Notaro? Yeah. yeah. She didn't Dude. even want to do that special because her friends were like, maybe you shouldn't have a special about how you have cancer. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, no. And then she had... I, n- I never saw the Tig one. Was the good. Tig one, yeah. the, the one with cancer is really good. And then uh, there's a documentary about the whole situation. She was really worried about making the next special. She was like... I unloaded cancer at people. Like, how am I going to continue my act? Part of the joke was black humor. I'm going to die. He's like, now I'm fine. Like, what am I going to do? I went to Starbucks today. It's like, yeah, that doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't hit as hard as two hours ago. I was diagnosed with potentially terminal cancer. I feel, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I've listened to, um, oh, podcasts. Hang on. Yes. I'm catching up on nerd poker with Brian Pusain or Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So, a friend of mine just turned a friend of ours, Alex, turned me on to this podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> and basically one it's three people. There's there's two men and a woman, and one of the men, his father, wrote an erotic novel that is like I think a trilogy or maybe even a quadrilogy 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 by this point, called um Belinda Blinked, because each one starts with Belinda Blinked. She was in the office. Like she couldn't believe it uh-huh. and it just starts they just start fucking like <laughs> right from the start and in this this podcast it's just them reading it and going pause hang on <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's write this down yeah and it's very funny because the book is terrible um, but it reminds me <laughs> dude, Liam remember this I, we used to throw parties and we'd get sufficiently uh. drunk we would break out Juliet by the Marquis de Sade and read from it at parties just pick a page and start reading and we all just are almost crying laughing by the end of it and that's exactly what this podcast is except for they go sequentially through this book called Belinda Blinked you should put the link yeah I'll put the link in the show notes also I started listening to Sam Harris's podcast and I like the guy very smart very well reasoned arguments but his voice is very much like this and he speaks in a kind of conversational monotone that is very hard to stay excited about but, Robert Robert Casanello. Yeah. He did do a podcast where he and Dan Carlin uh, talked about world policy, like uh, what to do about some of the big problems facing society. And they disagree on some stuff. And that is great. That is so cool when two cool, extremely yeah. smart people like Dan Carlin and Sam Harris, who are not insulting each other at all, really disagree on something. And at the end, they... Uh, Dan Carlin's like, yeah, when you say that, it makes me think this thing and this and this and this and this. And that's, I think this should happen. And he's like, well, you know, uh, Dan, I can't really disagree with anything there. I think that you probably put it better than I would have. 
that that's what happened. He's like, well, shit, Sam. Is that how you want to end this? <laughs> like, you know, we both agree on stuff. What was that one called again? Waking Up with Sam Harris and he, the podcast where Dan Carlin appears, which is, if you guys are not yeah. listening to Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, you are fucking up. I don't know what you're doing with your life. It is maybe the best podcast in the world. Your life sucks. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mine's not great and I listen to it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's called, uh, it's it's his 11th podcast, but I think it's also on Dan Carlin's Common Sense podcast. Okay. It, it, it's cross-casted. Yes. Ooh. And it's uh, shouldering. Oh, we need to do some of that. Shouldering the burden of history with Dan Carlin. That sounds excellent. Yeah. I hope they, they said they wanted to do more after that conversation, and I hope they did. I also like the High and Mighty podcast with John Gabris. Who's that? He's a comedian, and he. He just gets high? Well, he does that, but he also like, he, uh, he has a friend who's a uh, CrossFit trainer. So he does, like, six episodes, like, throughout the arc of, like, just talking about how he got started and how people can get started and stuff. And then he'll do an episode where he'll do, like, a power hour where you drink, what is it, you drink a beer every ten minutes or something. Right. They'll do that, and they'll try to have a podcast. And then they have an episode where, like... How can I sign up for that? Him and a couple of his friends just eat, like, everything Taco Bell has on their menu. Oh, no. And talk about their Taco Bell obsession. I listen to it when I'm landscaping, and it goes from, like, the fitness episode i'm like oh yeah that makes sense i should you know get out and do some more fitness stuff and then they're like we're gonna eat everything on the taco bell menu and i'm like oh man i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> he'll just bring on any any of his friends who are like one guy's obsessed with aliens so they go through and they talk about that and what is it the um the when you e- say aliens do you mean the movie aliens or no or, oh, they do yeah. do movie cover like they'll talk about movies but actual alien conspiracies oh good and then what is it the epc or whatever the story I know Liam's told me about it before. The people write like X Files based stories for this website. Oh, no, uh, SCP. SCP. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. 100% man. I I, mm-hmm. I dig hard into that. I've read about 2,500 of them. Okay. I I'm I probably only at like 1,500, but it's still mm-hmm. some of them. Some of them knock it out of the park. Some of, the, some of them yeah. I read, and then I have to like close the browser and then leave for a little bit because I'm like my brain hurts. <laughs> so, oh, oh, that reminds yeah. me. I also started listening to the No Sleep podcast which is based off the no sleep board of Reddit where people just post stories that are supposedly oh, true. Yeah. But all they do is they pick, they curate the ones for that week basically that are the best and they read three of them. And there was one that I listened to that was awesome. They split it into two separate podcasts. It's done in six parts. It's called the pen pal uh, saga. And it's about this kid who somebody was just looking like, like somebody was following him his entire life and there's great moments. It's written very well where he keeps getting Polaroids that he doesn't realize that he's in until he wrote notice the common thing. But like, this is a little part of him in every one of these Polaroids. And when he goes and plays in the dirt with his friend, they hear some rustling in the bushes and they're like, like, what do you hear that sound? Like, it's not just rustling. What is that? And he's like, I think it's a robot. It sounds like a robot. And then at that moment, of course, because you're not a child, you're like, Oh, it's a Polaroid camera. It's good. It's well done. I like things that make you think outside of your mindset. The Tideland was like that a lot. What's Terry Gilliam movie? Oh, okay. I watched it and it was the most messed up movie I've ever seen. And then I watched it again. If you watch the movie from the point of view of like an eight year old or seven year old girl, the movie's fine. It makes sense. It's like a funny, like <laughs> splice of life movie. I have. I then I might not like this. I can't. Yeah. Okay. But Terry Gilliam is always worth a shot and. If you watch the movie from the little girl's point of view, it's fine. But if you watch it from anything else, it's just fucking crazy. Like John Waters, who found bath salts. <laughs> that is oddly specific. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about our submissions this week. So I think I'll start cool. because I um, 
while I was in Atlanta, I lost my glasses. And writing a new submission, I have been doing it, but it's been slow going because about every 30 minutes of trying to write it on a computer screen, I start getting a headache due to my lack of glasses because I've gotten so used to them. So I'm submitting a, a short film that I wrote years and years ago because I kind of want to revisit how I've improved over the course of this uh, podcast. And I would like to give myself criticism, and I want to hear what you guys would say would say to that version of me. So Sounds good to me. The, the submission... How many years ago is this? Oh, man. Five? All right. My, no, 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 not that long. Uh, three. Three years? Uh, then I'll, I'll say to him... Thanks for throwing so many rad parties. <laughs> but uh, so what it is, it's a short film about a old man who's dying and he reveals to his son that he used to be a superhero, uh, the most wide respected superhero, kind of like a Batman character and how he became that superhero. And he needs his son to, to go and get rid of all of his stuff that would you know, paint him as a superhero. Implicate. Yeah, that would implicate him because his, his son is a detective the, Im- the implication I had hoped for is that the reader would know it would ruin their, his career or, or it would hurt mm-hmm. him in some way. So he tells him the story of how he became the vigilant, this character, and about how he tried to rescue a previous Superman character who's called Uberman, and he called himself Wonderkid at the time. Wunderkind? Wunderkid. Uberman instead of Ubermensch. Yeah. Wunderkid instead of Wunderkind. And he goes to rescue this superhero who he's the only one who's convinced has been mind-controlled. And when he frees him from mind-control, the horror of being mind-controlled is too much on Uberman. And he just kills everybody. <laughs> and uh, kind of loses his mind. So Wunderkid takes him to a home and then becomes the vigilant. I got a different part of the story where he is like, you know, the, when Uberman is killing and Wunderkid is like, no, you know, heroes don't kill. And mm-hmm. Uberman's like, that's not true. And then the Vigilant puts on his mask and goes, I, I know he's wrong. But then he kills. So I would just like, I don't right, know. But, but when he did, yeah. he stopped being the Vigilant. Yeah, and then it's just done. I thought in the beginning it sound, made it sound like he wants his son to get rid of his things but me, like carry on the legacy, like to prove. No. Oh, because he tells him to burn him. Yeah, but doesn't he want to prove <coughs> Uberman wrong? Because at the end, he's like, I am gonna, I prove him wrong. I am going to be the justice that doesn't kill. <clears throat> no, I mean, Interesting. Well, the whole thing is that's that's definitely a thread if that story continued that you could bring up. But, or I, even, I, I didn't think about it that way. That's interesting, Max. Because he that does. Is, yeah, that's the, the first thing. I mean, actually, one of the things that I think is a, a, a major red herring in that story is it starts with, like, I got, like, that thing that we shared. I got there too late. And we were like, okay, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a different story now. Ah, okay. That's an interesting... Okay, I didn't think about it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. you, you kind of wanted like, to hear that the, story the, more? You, well, no, the whole thing is you gave us just enough information to think it was the lead into that story. Yeah. Like, it was, there was more detail than, like, ah, I gave it all up. You know, I had to. No explanation, but you gave this little tidbit of a story. I'm like, oh, what? what, what that, was it a serial killer? Why'd he kill this guy? Never answers any of it. Never brings it up again. I might yeah. even have the story take place while the son is looking through... The locker and like flashing back into his dad telling him the story. Ooh, so like three levels? Yeah, so like he's holding all the implements because like he's he would just be like humoring whoa, whoa, his dad. Whoa, Tarantino, back it up a little. <laughs> you know, like you're listening to your dad tell a story about how he's a superhero. But if he was actually like holding the items and going through and like that would bring it in more, maybe even have something from Uberman, like Uberman's original Or just the suit. Wonder the, no, the yeah. Wonder Kids. He would he would have the suit. He took it off of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, like, he would be looking through, because that would make him believe he's a detective. He hears crazy stuff all the time. 
Interesting. But if he's holding the actual evidence and he's like, fuck. I try to yeah. make the uh, the son thinking that he's telling him to get rid of some sex stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I did that yeah. joke twice. Is that yeah, two no, million I, times? No, no. Uh, yeah. No, because it, one, it wasn't fish over the head overdone. What? Fish over the head? That's a Monty Python sketch. Dead parrot? No, there's the, the fish slapping. All right, never mind. Well, I'm Fine. sure at some point they slap someone. All right, with well, fish. I'm going to look that up. Fish over the head. If I can yeah. find it on YouTube, it's I'll put it on the show notes. Fish, there's a fish slapping thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that, though, because it's what do you. You're going away from the world, and you have to tell your kids, like, these are things you need to take care of. I mean, like, if there is a sex thing. You'd have to. I mean, you yeah. gotta. Or it's like an adult talking to your parent, like, is there anything I need to get rid of? One of mm. the most awkward moments for me was uh, my friend died, and I had to go on his computer. Ugh. And I got into it. It was a password. They couldn't get into it. So I got into it. And the things I had to hide and, and the things I had to give to them were just like me, like sitting there like, okay, let's put this over here. No, look, I found this here. <laughs> like, oh my here's God. some photos and like delete, delete, delete. Not delete, but like that was so weird for me. Yeah, that's a weird time. Yeah. So I like that part. Of your, I get that in part of your story where the detectives well, you, you trying to be you practical. You imagine that the, that the son knows yeah about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a letter that is only to be opened when I die with specific instructions. I think everyone should do that. Because the fact I that you so did too. that yeah. is very... Leave passwords, like, leave that shit because otherwise, like, you have to get Apple and stuff into it. You don't want that. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, so if I was to critique it, my biggest problem is the, not so much what happens, but the word choice in the action lines and the dialogue is way too on the nose every time. I mean, everybody says exactly what they mean. Yeah. It kind of, that works, I don't know, the, the, it works for the superhero straightforwardness. I would say, like, the action stuff was, you're better at it now. Like, I, d- I definitely Thanks. know that. <laughs> um, it was clunky, but it's also, in script format, it's weird. Because you aren't expecting it to be everything it needs to be. Where, like, in prose, you have action your action had better be good. You're, you're never going to make anything else of right. it. So I, I was not going to be hard on that because it didn't seem necessary. What Did you guys think it was too violent when the no. violence started? No, it could have gone three. You had three more steps mm. to the point where it would have been ridiculous. Unman yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But for like a, you know, for a script, I could see everything in my head. Okay. Yeah. It was detailed well, like the, the world they were in. I tried to make a lot of motion in the fights because a superhero thing that like each movement had to progress the story. I do have a personal question. Sure. So is Wonder Kid is just vaguely super? He is super strong. Okay. With more endurance, and right. uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. But he's but not as strong as as Uber as Uber Man, Man. Not at even all. Close. No. Yeah. Okay. No, Wonder Kid is like Captain America. Captain America. That's a good. Yeah. And yeah. and Uberman is Superman. Superman. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He fucks up that shark. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he gets an encounter with a shark. If you <laughs> so, if that doesn't sell you on reading this, I don't know what will because he there is a shark. He fights a shark. Yeah, he says dorsal fin. Oh it's my in the god, script. it's probably been done. I just don't read comics. But does Captain America kill anyone? Yeah, yeah, a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not. He's he not kills Batman. Hitler. Well, he punches Hitler. No, he, no, kills, he kills Hitler. <laughs> there's, kills a, Hitler? Okay. there's a thing. Why where, don't you tell him? All right, yeah. my, it's one of my favorite moments in comic book history. Peter Parker is talking about Norman Osborn who just got elected president and they're hanging out in the Avengers base and Peter's like, man, this is so crazy. And they're like, Peter, you're beating up yourself over nothing. He's like, no, I could have beaten him or killed him at any moment in the last 10 years. I have messed up royally. Imagine you if you could go back in time and kill Hitler and Captain America's just in the back and he just raises his hands like, I killed Hitler. 
<laughs> and it's such a throwaway stupid joke, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Captain America, nice dude, but he's a soldier. Oh, no, he I kills. Mean, <laughs> okay. Okay. He's killed. He's a soldier. I didn't know if he had that same Batman. No. He'll try not thing. to if he, if he oh, can yeah. help it, but no, I mean, he's not going to, ki- he would have killed the Joker. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, instantly. If he could have, th- there's many times where if he could have killed Red Skull, he would have. Red Skull does bad things. You gotta, you gotta stop the bad guys. Guys, you remember Old Man Logan? Yeah. Old Man Logan's fucking tight. I don't want to ruin it. If you guys haven't read Old Man Logan, read it. No, what is that? It's about a Wolverine. It's a Mark Miller, old. Mark Miller uh, uh, Mark graphic Miller. novel. He's one of my favorites. Then this might be his best. I will yeah, check it out. It's really good. Yeah. Because I saw that Wolverine <laughs> one where he goes to Japan. Mm-hmm. No. That was boring. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, so one problem I had is that rereading it now, I realized that I could have been much more clear about Uberman's voice causing harm when it like it, it, yes. ca- it hit, causes okay. a wave and like bounces the guy's head off the floor and stuff. Yeah. I, I picked it up. Eh, yeah. it was, I feel like it could have been clearer. Could have been though. clear. Yeah. I, one thing I would say is like, I think I want it bookended better. I mm. want the ending to involve the family more. Oh, okay. All right. Because, all right. So he starts with the family, tells them this thing. Then it ends with him just becoming the vigilant. Mm-hmm. So is this the beginning of a story about the vigilant, or because if it was a self-contained thing, I'd want the more of the family at the end. Okay, interesting. I, I understand why you're saying that. I'm I'm just trying to think of how. Or I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, I don't think I don't, there's anything useful that you could do with the family at that point because that's the story. Yeah, but I understand why you're saying that. Like I, I would probably feel the same way. Like it would it would be interesting almost if this was just a TV series and the whole TV series is the vigilant telling his own stories. Like in between the 30s and the yeah. and, and the 50s. But it's just, again the framing device that you used to do it to tell the story is the like the family starts coming like we need to know all of this now like we need everything. That's a good one. Yeah. You'd be like so here's how I caught this serial killer. So here's how I bought the uh, beat up the Friesen twins. So here's how I uh, accidentally ended up on the moon. That just reminds me or like makes me think of like a Goodwill full of super suits where like there are superheroes <laughs> and they just die and their family doesn't care so they're just like that's a good idea. That would be a fun, like finding a like mm-hmm. in a garage. Say, like, what's this? Like nothing. Oh, we don't know. It came with the house. Yeah, it came. It was in the box. <laughs> so, Max, uh, let's move on to you. Okay, mine's a short opening that I've wanted to do. I want to write a story about a criminal who understands criminality but doesn't believe in it. To where, like, he understands if you want to be a good criminal, you have to be really violent and like get into it. But he's not a psychopath. Okay, he just knows that's like a job skill. <laughs> he knows that's how he has to be in his job, but when he goes home, he's fine. And I wanted to open it as, like, a guy who's in love and he's running to the airport to get to the girl to save the girl uh-huh. and then gets carjacked by a main character who just doesn't give a shit. So that's my that's my piece. I've always I've always wanted to write that, so I sat right. down and wrote it about I'm this a, character. I'm going to say this. Never. That's all. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to, like, if you, want, if you really want to do it and you want to start out as a, like, crappy, sappy romantic comedy, I'm gonna need to help you because it's oh well. it's not there man but as soon as your main character shows I'm yeah. like alright and then it ends yeah and I'm like oh yeah. shit I feel like the only my only re- like my biggest criticism of it is mm-hmm. that the transition could have been more obvious when it switches from Simon to Mike because at that at that point in time I didn't really know the main character as Simon. You introduce him as Simon, but, mm-hmm. like, it's not – I don't have enough time anything. with him to think of him yeah. as Simon. And then when it switches to Mike, I'm like, is, is Mike the guy? I don't know. Oh, oh no, mm-hmm. it's not him. Okay, I understand. It was good, though. I mean, like, the idea yeah. is great. The idea is solid. The idea. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's funny. Yeah. So I'll have to write more about Mike. I was thinking about my uh, Sinclair thing, and I had a piece I wanted to sit down, and I had it in my brain, and I sat down on my computer, and it just wasn't coming out. So I wrote something else, but you know, I when do I want to get back to Sinclair. When I sit down on the computer and it doesn't come out, mm-hmm. I have a couple of favorites on, in my browser that I use. Put those on the list. I was going to say, I'm, using, I'm using my laptop on the toilet, and, yeah. I, and it's time for me to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought about that the other day. Okay. What? We had a Juno... Juno just went to Jupiter, right? It's taking pictures of Jupiter. Yes. Well, it's on its way. We have... Right. It's, it, it's it, getting there. Yeah. July 4th, it, like, got close enough to start taking pictures. Oh, cool. We have a Mars rover. We have everything. And we're still wiping our ass with wadded up pieces of t- paper? I mean, have you... Humanity's have, weird. <coughs> have you gotten any... Have you got any other... Uh, I don't. Like, the seashells, I don't understand. Nobody knows how the but seashells like, work. humanity is so strange that we'll spend a trillion dollars to, like explore the universe do you know why we do that the invention of toilet paper was a huge leap in not dying of dysentery yeah it was a big deal but then we stopped yeah well the whole thing is we even invented other stuff where like the moist towelette wipes and all that yeah, like those, those are those th- are terrible they yeah. don't do anything extra like that's not true they do that you feel much more clean after using those yes, than you, you do with toilet paper. You feel mm-hmm. much more clean. You are much more clean, too. It removes more. It's the same thing you use with baby wipes, but the difference is you don't throw baby wipes in, in the, toilet. the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, you throw them away when you when you use them, but people flush those, and it's a huge problem. That's a bad idea. Also, flushing the toilet is fucking weird. That's like three gallons of water. I mean... Get a low-flow toilet, bro. We're on the uh, East Coast. It's not that big of a deal. It just like especially if you have a septic system, it just goes into the leach field. Yeah, it evaporates into rainwater. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to hear more about that guy, yeah, I that's do. That's I've always <laughs> wanted to write because it would be interesting. I've always, I actually, I really want yeah. you to come like come over to the shop or over to my house, mm-hmm. and I like, I want to hammer out the you. What you need to do is make the romantic story really sappy, really over the top, kind of like gushy, so that when it switches gears, you cannot help but notice. Yeah. Pretty crime novel. Bam. Yeah. I was going to have him murder Simon, but I didn't yes. know about that. That's a good idea. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think or he, murder both of them. But the whole thing is Simon needs to then provoke it. If you're going to be like, if the whole point is being I, on this guy's know. side. Because, because at, at some point you're like, I think from, I understand what you're saying about the character yeah. Mike, where he's like, look, if you're going to be a good criminal, you have to have the least amount of motive possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way to be efficient is not to be attached to any of it. Yeah. So I just kill this guy. He can't tell anybody what I look like. Yeah. They've got a murder on their hands. But by the time that they even find his car, I'm already doing something else. You know? Yeah. I've watched a lot of like mafia stuff where the crazy guy who murders is very useful until he gets into middle management and then he gets murdered because you can't turn it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
once that guy gets into the management role, then shit starts to get fucked up and noticed. Because he's not a good manager. Yeah. He's a good psychopath. Exactly. Where this guy would just see what he needs to do for his job and be like, okay, here's what I need to do in this situation. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy's got, this guy knows what's up. Yeah. And Mike, Mike is like, look, I got this all planned out. If, mm-hmm. I just knew that one day if I was going to be a criminal, this is how you do it correctly. I, I would be the yeah. best one. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not mean. I don't hold any grudges about it, no. but look, <laughs> it's just, I know that this is what I do now. But if he needs to cut someone's face off to get his money, then that's what he'll do. And it, it'll be almost like Ender in Ender's Game, yeah. where he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't really want to kill this guy and mutilate him in front of everybody, but the effect it would have would be useful. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see more of it. Actually, that was the, the Sinclair thing I was talking about. I want to have like a riot, kind of like the Boston Massacre, mm-hmm. where Sinclair is Sinclair and his Marines are standing there watching it sticks and bottles being thrown at this small group of British soldiers or mm-hmm. coldest soldiers. And the ranger, the Marines are like, we got to go in there and save him. He's like, no, for the shock value, we have to wait till the cavalry gets here. That'll put the Imperial message in there. And the Marines are like, those are our dudes standing over there. Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to give a shit. You can bring the entire Navy in. If it takes a month, it doesn't matter. Those guys are dead. So Sinclair would say that? No, the, the Marine would say that to Sinclair. No, it's like even, Sin- I don't even yeah. think, I don't even, from what I know of Sinclair in your story. Yeah. I don't feel like he would be a shock and awe kind of guy. He'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah. I think you should have someone above Sinclair go like, no, no, no. Yeah. There's we'll procedure. And Sinclair, I, I okay. almost think Sinclair should be the one where like, no, we go like, I'm good at my job. I'm better at you than at yeah. my job than you are at your job. I want to go do the thing. Interesting. Because Sinclair doesn't seem like, for a guy who's already kind of chafing under the collar of mm-hmm. pop and circumstance, having him do the worst pop and circumstance doesn't seem to fit that well. I actually don't want him to be chafing under pop and circumstance. Yeah, I think he, he... He loves pop and circumstance. He rises to it. Yeah. To where he... And he almost well, we res- resents other people that he yeah. feels doesn't represent him enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, that's not what we saw in the in the part. He was like, he wanted to give credit where credit was due. He was, he yeah. was a lot more utilitarian. It definitely, yes. Well, I'll work on that. Cool. I appreciate the uh, the input, Liam. Yeah, yes. what did you bring? Uh, I brought in some uh, just a short little fifteen hundred word piece about a burned out house. It wasn't about a burned out house, though, was it? Not at all. It yeah. never is about a burned out house. <laughs> it never is. Uh, yeah, it's just about. Um, I want to do a short story collection, and the name of it I want to be is JD Salinger ruined my life. Oh, okay. Um, and all of them would just be about like these misanthropic kind of bohemian esque people. And how they <laughs> they are like they're getting in their own way, being unable to enjoy things because they're not cool, or you're supposed to do them. They're no longer individuals; they're they're just conforming to the opposite of what you're. They're being reactive, right? And that's this is kind of one of those stories where where there's someone who kind of deeply wants to settle down, but one is afraid that they wouldn't be any good at it, and two, they feel like they need to live up to some sort of bohemian lifestyle that's kind of unattainable right and the and the her partner is not interested in that conversation at all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not with her at least yeah i liked it it was made me feel things did it yeah apparently you've made out with a girl in a burned out house <laughs> but it wasn't a burned out house it was the subconscious <gasps> <gasps> oh, no it wasn't um, just the talking about a burned out house like the the ghost of what something used to be is an interesting thing to think of, yeah. and definitely party talk. Yeah, what I liked is is that the two characters were very much not alike; that they weren't just sitting there agreeing with each other. 
that was that was good. Um, I liked her the imagery she used about the burned out house, but oh man, fuck, I forgot my main critique. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, come on, no, you got a good one. I know you have it in you. <laughs> Is it that the guy doesn't have much of a personality? No, I feel like I got I I was able to put in my own personality for the guy. Okay, you know good. I mean? That's good. Plus, I heard, I heard you as him. That's yeah. Oh, that's not. <laughs> that's not supposed to be that. That's a mistake. I got to yeah. go back and fix that. Well, yeah. I yeah, the ending was great. Like he's just like, nah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you'd be terrible as this. Oh, um, I I the critique I have for you primarily is stylistic. Okay, more than content wise. A lot of adverbs. Yes, I well, I think and a lot of adverbs, a lot of adjectives. Uh, and I think that's okay, but I feel like it feels rushed because I know it was. Yeah. But it feels rushed because you're choosing your word choice that you're you're choosing uh, just allows you to kind of string things together. Yeah. To to get the point across by the end of it, you're not really making these sentences work for you in the same way that if you picked a better noun or a better verb. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I only sat down and fixed one thing, and it was at the end, and it still doesn't even work that right. It was a little vowel <laughs> it's, heavy. It's better. Too. too many vowels per word. More consonants would. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a very standard cri- critique and stuff, oh, but and, I feel like, especially yeah. on something like this, where it's a very content condensed story that's short, those kind of things matter more than in like a novel or something. Yeah. You know? I get what you're saying. Like we're all reasonably intelligent and we use that as a spackle. Like yeah. we have a background to be like, Oh, don't look over here. Look over at this. And we could, we could all do to like boil down our stories yeah. a little more. Well, the whole thing is like this sentence, the purpose of this sentence is to get from this idea to this idea. Don't, yeah, just move yeah, along. Exactly. Right. And I think that'll, um, I, I mean, do you have anything else to add to it? Well, no, just about that. Like we could all work on that. Like, like almost everyone could like, yeah, only there's, there are only certain writers where I like read them and I'm like, okay, every word here probably needs to be here. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's uh, a topic I wanted to bring up that I think we talked about this before we started is that uh, I want to discuss with you guys is diction within a story. When I was a newer writer, I was trying to fit in as many large words as I could to let people know that I had a large vocabulary. The more I write, the more I'm just like, please just get the point across. <laughs> you yeah. know, I feel like there is a, there's a lot of good reasons to use larger words, even when they're not necessary. And I think that comes along with... For me, it's writing essays in college. Yeah, that helps. Oh uh, no, no, the whole, no! The whole thing is that teaches you big. Like, yeah, bigger, that teaches you the opposite word, of more. everything you you learn for fiction. Yeah, you it's, just need to jam content. You're supposed that. to sound esoteric. If you're not, you're not doing a good enough job. Well, I feel like the the only times when you should be choosing the general rule I try to stick to when I go and reread my writing is that don't use a bigger word when a smaller one would do, because then you're just making it harder for your audience. Yeah, and and a smaller one won't do. If the bigger word more accurately describes it. Yes. So your, your goal over everything is just to be more clear all the time. But if you're writing from a particular character's point of view. Then you have to, you have to suit the character. Yeah. Because diction if it's written, is. Even if it's first person where the character may not be somebody who has a name. Or even if it's second person where the person who's telling you the story never gets named. They're never, they're not in the story at all, but the point of view they have, the narrator is a character kind of on its own. Yeah. Based on, based on the kind of, you know, diction yeah, and syntax they use. The bigger words can carry almost like a sense with them, like more than word. Yeah. You get, more you get a, like a kind of I, voice. If someone them. says Kafka esque, you know, you get visions of the metamorphosis, like 
all kinds of are, craziness. Are you making fun of me for the fact that I've used cough gas? No, I use it as well, and it's, we probably shouldn't. The only, it makes the only, it sound like douchebags. I, I don't use cough gas. I use Kafka yeah. trap. Oh. <laughs> uh, my favorite use of the, the word Kafka-esque, and it was before I actually knew what it was, was in Mission Hill, which was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. I... I love that. I love Mission Hill. Do, do you guys know what a Kafka trap is? No. No. All right. It's very simple. It's when somebody says, you are this one thing. And you say, no, I'm not. I blank, blank, blank. Yeah. That's exactly what a person who was that one thing would say. Oh. Because stuck. of the advent of the internet and bad rhetoric. Yeah. Kafka traps are everywhere now. <laughs> You'll walk into them. You no just proved my point. Exactly. Yeah. You just proved my point by saying the same thing that somebody who is the thing I said would say. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no winning whatsoever. If I had a top ten list of things that person would say, that'd be in there. What you just said would be on it. Somebody uh, said it about Mother Teresa, where there's a bunch of letters of hers that you can read to her diocese or her bishop or whatever, mm-hmm. where she's praying and she's like, I don't hear the voice of God. Like, I don't hear it. I, I'm experiencing so much doubt and it, it's really hard and I feel like I'm not doing the right thing. And her priest writes her back and says, that's all part of it. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, how do you, how do you, is a part of faith, right? But that's, that's a Kafka trap because now yeah. how do you, yeah, exactly. th- there's you no, can't get out of that. it's just circular logic. Fuck. If I reading that back, that would just make you scream. Like, Oh, I'd be, I'd be yeah. angry and I'd be like, I quit. But yeah. as you know, she doubled down. Yeah. But well, as, was, as most people do, she was in it for the uh, sadism too. So <laughs> you really think so? Yeah. I mean, never mind. I, oh, like, yeah, I, like, I, was, I, I read, I read the missionary <laughs> position as well, but yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that I don't think she was literally a sadist for its own sake. I think I think it's just a byproduct. She's well, that's not me. something that someone who thinks she wasn't a sadist would say. <laughs> well done, sir. Why yeah. did you teach him that trick? Now that's all he's going to do. <laughs> I was doing it anyway. I just didn't know it had a name. Yeah, Kafka Trap. Nice. All right, so now is the bad story trailers part of the podcast where we pick three genres, roll the dice, and... Come up with a movie idea and record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Liam, why don't you get first roll? Let's fucking do this shit. What's your, uh, <laughs> what's our number, sir? All right. What's my number? I watched that movie. It was not good. Oh. Uh, 59. Slasher. Okay. All right. A horror genre featuring a serial killer or other psychopath as an antagonist methodically killing a number of protagonists in succession. Dramatic suspense is heightened by the victim's obliviousness of the killer. The victims are typically in isolated settings and often engaged in sexual activity previous to the attacks. The slasher kills their victims by stealthily sneaking up on them and then bloodily stabbing and slicing them to death with a sharp object such as a chef's knife. Or Ooh. Chainsaw. That reminds me. the best slasher film. As a story... Yeah. I always wonder. Although I do like the first scream a lot. Oh yeah, but only yeah. only as like a meta commentary on slasher films. I think it stands on its own. Too. Oh, it stands on its own. But, but, like, but it's the better. Thing, it's better if you've seen yeah. other ones. I always wanted to write a story about kids who go out to fucking cars or whatever. They create the people who murder them because of all their. When imagine like the first time you're gonna have sex, all that like energy and like you're so fucking nervous and all that spiritual energy, the demons feed on that shit and they just appear you're creating the own thing that kills you in that experience. They would be drawn to that fucking a, spiritual energy. A self-fuck-filling prophecy. Yeah, because <laughs> in the back of your head, everyone's a little conservative in the back of their head. Like, maybe they would feel what? that was wrong. I'm not 100% a libertine in my head. Exactly. Everyone's yeah, just got, outwardly. Yeah. Everyone's got a little bit of back of their head, so maybe they'll feel bad about it in some way they don't understand. 
and the, all of that comes together to create the fucking hook-handed murderer. That's a good idea. 30. 30. <laughs> Bangsian. A fantasy genre which concerns the use of famous literary or historical individuals and their interactions in the afterlife. It is named for John Kendrick Bangs, who often wrote in this genre. I am 100% about All whatever right. this genre is. <laughs> I, I've never heard of John Kendrick Bangs, but now I need to look him up. Bangsian. That's our second second genre. So it's a slasher film set in, in the, the afterlife. afterlife with famous people. I think that's, so far, this is a solid total, movie. Totally doable. All right, I'm rolling the last. Now this genre. is the icing on the cake. Yeah, this this is... could this could take it to the next level or ruin it. All right, let's find out. Seventy one, Family Saga. I had to go down to this because I wonder if it's the Icelandic thing. The Family Saga is a genre of literature which chronicles the lives and doings of a family or number of related or inter- interconnected families over a period of time, in novels or sometimes sequence of novels. With serious intent, this is often a thematic device used to portray particular historical events, changes of social circumstances, or the ebb and flow of fortunes from multiple uh, perspectives. All right. How do we work that in? So I think that's easy if we choose a famous family. Like, so if it was the Hatfields and McCoy, still, 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 um, it, this nice. is just a hypothetical. Yeah, it, yeah. It, if they're still duking it out in the afterlife and then a demon's like, this has to end finally and starts taking them out. Or, or no, the whole thing is the the, ed, the person killing him in the afterlife is just one of them who's just fucking tired. <laughs> and they're like, the shit's over. What's that? What's the Steve Martin movie? Is it like My Blue Valentine or whatever where he's in the witness protection program? I don't know. I don't think I've seen anyway, it. Anyway, he gets in the witness protection program and he's like, ah, I'm made for life. And they're like, yeah, we give you like 20 bucks a week. He's like, fuck. So he has to get all his old mobster guys together to commit crimes again to get money. What if the afterlife is like you're famous for a while and then you just have to do stuff? <laughs> so like it can follow a family who was like famous and now they're actually having to like well, I think do we, we need to we need to decide on the on the famous people first because okay. it doesn't have to be like the family I, could be two people. Yeah, and well, then, and, and, I'm, then another... and I'm also and I'm also feeling that the idea of family is it could just be two groups. Yes, and once we decide on a funny. Okay. Choice. Then we design our afterlife to be different from the standard heaven and hell, so that it can facilitate a slasher. A slasher film. I choose the Rat Pack. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's Max. a good one. Um, All right, Daddyo. <laughs> <laughs> this is. A, I, I like that so far. Rat Pack. Yeah. Who Who are they fighting? I was thinking. I was thinking. Um, a group of Rat Pack versus Brat Pack. <laughs> I was thinking. I've always had this fantasy of putting together a super band of the best deceased musicians and uh, just who they would play against and that kind of thing. But if it was a, if there was like an afterlife battle of the bands and then a killer comes into it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That could be cool too. All right. We have to decide who the killer is. Well, oh, so maybe the Rat Pack is, is a group of musicians. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I was, so my well, enter- entertainers, I think more, yeah. more than anything else. Singers, yes, primarily. <laughs> but but if you took the Rat Pack versus a band made up of Dio, Jimi, Jimi Hendrix, Randy Rhodes, Freddie Mercury, I like that idea. What about Richie Valens, the Big Popper? Like <laughs> they're so pissed Buddy that they Holly. they died in that plane crash. So, so let's do that. Let's let's yeah. make let's make several different bands from dead okay. celebrities, and then. There's a battle of the bands in the afterlife, yeah. and somebody is killing them again. Straight up. Uh, wait, is Can Jerry killer... Lewis still alive? Yes. Perfect. I think so. Hang on. 
Can our killer be Jim Morrison because he doesn't add no, up to his legacy? No, no, I want, I want, some, I want something ancient and terrible, like someone oh. who's just pissed that no one remembers them anymore. So, what if it's somebody who is still alive now? Is the killer, and and nobody realizes they've died. Oh, okay. Jerry Lewis is a good one. Paul, Meet Paul them. is dead. Oh, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Yeah, because the conspiracy was real. There was, and he's just, he's dead, but he's not allowed to, like, yes. because someone still has his... That is great. They don't, like, no one knows he's okay. dead. Okay, so the, All so right. the Rat Pack... Um, this is my wheelhouse. This is finally my informational wheelhouse. <laughs> the Rat Pack, who who died on the the day the music died? It was Buddy Holly, Big Papa... Big Bopper. Big Bopper, Big Bopper sorry, and Richie Valens. I'm sure there was someone else, but... there's Who, would you, who would you add to that group, though? Davy Jones. Elvis. Are there any good drummers that that would have fit them? Yeah, but they're not famous enough for anyone to care. Okay, that, I mean that was the that was that was especially the era of the the front man. Right. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, can Bowie show up and be the one trying to figure it out? If Ugh. Bowie's the magistrate, yeah. It's like we're throwing this is very important. You got you got Bowie and Lemmy teamed up, teamed up, up. <laughs> <laughs> trying to solve Fuck it, this. We're throwing mystery. in Buddy Cop. <laughs> It's a buddy cop movie. It's a buddy yeah. cop movie. Oh, I'm so excited. Bowie <laughs> and Lemmy are solving a crime. In right. the afterlife. In the afterlife. I think we, we need a metal band. Well, I was, I was thinking we need a pop band. For rock and roll, we've got Freddie Mercury, Randy Rhodes, Jimi Hendrix, and John Bonham. Yeah. That's a band. Well, no, so we need a bassist. Cliff Burton. So <laughs> so that's that's the that's the rock super group that hopes, yeah. hopes to take it away from the Rat Pack. We've got the Rat Pack. Who died recently? Oh, Prince. Yeah. What if it's Prince? What if Prince is the murderer? Why would he be the murderer? Because he's in hell. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was Jehovah's Witness and now he's really mad about That he's wrong? Yeah, that he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, none of you belong in heaven! Yeah. This is my stage. Everybody get off. Because he really doesn't need anybody else. All right. So so we got a me- we got a hard rock band, the Rat Pack. I think we need, I think we need uh, the Day the Music Died pop stars. So, okay, wait, hang on, hang on. So it's David Bowie and Lemmy as the municipal police, and the feds are Michael Jackson and Prince. I don't want to do that. And it's a because ju- it, they, they keep arguing about who jurisdiction. Can, yeah, this is going to be mostly. <laughs> they don't think it's, then this movie is mostly you because I'm not doing a Michael Jackson or <laughs> Prince on. voice. Well, who else we got? We got like Mama Cass. You know what is it, the Janis Joplin twenty four twenty seven club? Oh, just the the, the whole twenty seven. Buckley. Yeah, who's twenty seven? But the whole thing is like yeah. let's let's think of groups rather than individuals because it's yeah. easier to well, slot no, people. I'm, in we're, just, we're just thinking of the movie, like like yeah. people they'll interview, yeah. you know, people who show up dead and they don't like what happened here. I'm I'm still the killer's got to be McCartney. That's way funny. No, the killer is McCartney. That's so much. You're fun. right. For that, some that, reason, that's so, good. that's so funny. Everybody thought he was still alive. And he, Paul is dead. But he's <laughs> so he's so pissed about the McCartney ruining his life. Like so, Michael Jackson's the first one he takes out. Because he bought the rights to the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. he's so mad about Wings. He's like that motherfucker. Dude, fuck <laughs> you, Wings is awesome. Wings is good. Band on the run, motherfucker. Do you guys ever listen to the Beatles? Never died. No. The Be- oh yeah, yeah. That's great. It's um. Some guy took all the songs from their from their projects separate from the Beatles afterwards, and then combined them in like a girl talk esque Beatles album. It's really good. It's good. Ooh. It's solid. The Ramones are all dead, aren't they? No, aren't they? No, the misfits. They're dead to me. Yeah. Well, they've been, they were dead <laughs> on arrival, in my opinion. Ooh, that's Shane talking there. <laughs> like your experience with Shane. Yeah. No. Okay. So we got enough people. Yeah. Bowie and Lemmy. Liam, can you do a Lemmy voice? I don't. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can be that gruff. 
and have an incomprehensible accent. <laughs> because he's, he's Cockney. I mean, that's all he is, really. Normally. Yeah, but it's... But it'd be funny if he just did the, the, his singing voice the whole time. Like, I don't know, Bowie. What are we going to do? <laughs> so it's just Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like Randy Savage. <laughs> I, I can do that. Ace of spades. Uh, Shit, we should have picked people we could sound like. So there's a battle. Yeah, I know. There's a battle uh, of the bands happening. So let's talk about our after afterlife. Yes. That's different, okay? So it's more of like a, a new place yeah. than, a, than, than heaven or hell. There's like an overarching group of beings that can give power to certain individuals, and that's why Bowie and Lemmy are yeah. a, a cop buddies. And oh. they're the, also the ones hosting the Battle of the Bands because they're going to give the, – the prize can't be monetary because nobody's going to give a shit about yeah. money. Have you ever seen Risk Cutters? Yeah. yeah. It's like – I'm assuming it would be like that, only the world's not shittier, and it's just the P- everybody's the PIC, there. right? The people in charge? Yeah. yeah. What if you're playing to get out of, like, limbo? You're playing to get into, be reincarnated? To get into, like, what heaven is. Uh, no, because then – I think reincarnation. Reincar- right? Yeah, yeah that, that'd be cool. To, like, to let your talent live on. Yeah. So, and that would actually make sense for the Battle of the Bands. It's like we want the best musicians for their for their talent to re-enter the world. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's a gritty. Oh, and McCartney's noir. not. And McCartney's not eligible because his talent is still technically like it's yeah. still there. listed oh, as alive. Yeah, yeah that's ah. good. That's good. And so, what happens if you die in this in this version? You don't get reincarnated. No. Maybe there's just a sub level. Well, well, no, okay. Well, the whole thing is, and you, 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 you don't really die either. You're just stripped of all your shit. You respawn with nothing, whatever, whatever level you're on to like get reincarnated or whatever power you had. I don't know. I think I think it should be a really horrible, horrible thing, thing. That some maybe maybe you can't die until p- this guy starts killing people, and then they're like, "What? What happens?" And and the people in charge are like, "We don't know." That's yeah. even that's the like, best. They, they're just dead. Like we, yeah. we think we don't know. Skrillex gets All the right. rights to your back catalog. Yeah, I think I think we need another person. The buddy, co- if we're gonna do, I need someone I can actually do the voice of. Who's you? Can you? Can you? You can do Bowie, like hardcore. I can do a really terrible Bowie for comedy. Yeah, it works. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but it'll be recognizable as Bowie. Where like if, if I'm trying to do Lemmy, not not gonna work. I want to be the big bopper. Okay, so hi 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 hello. I'm the big baba. <laughs> Is it bad that we treat this as noir? It's the buddy, like, noir, and, and these two are very serious. Lemmy's the rough and tumble, and then Bowie is the straight-laced. Yeah. We've got to, fi- we've got to find these murderers. Battle of the bands for reincarnation. Somebody is killing people in the afterlife for the first time ever. What, what do we call the people in charge? The managers. I like management. Like managers. The management. management. Yeah. The management. Isn't that what they call them, risk cutters, a little bit? No, they say people pe- people in charge. Okay, PIC. so the management. What's the name of this film? Rock and Roll Heaven is an, is an easy one. Stairway to Hell. That's a good one. Shit. Because it's a slasher film. Stairway yeah. to Hell is good. Um, yeah, something with slash, like... The Day the Music Died Again. <laughs> Kiss the Sky. Hate Slashberry. No, that's way too specific. Yeah. Um... Murder and Rock and Roll Heaven sounds good to me. I'm looking for a good music reference here. Yeah. What if they have to wear a uniform that's white and you call it Knights in White Satin? <laughs> that could be cool, right? Moody, like is it, that a Moody it Blues reference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never reaching <clears throat> the end. Spirit in the Sky. Uh, uh, no, that's, that's wheel, not. Wheel in the Sky. That's the wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Yeah. Spirit of the Sky I, I like better. Where I 
Spirit in the Sky. I like Spirit that. in the Sky is good, but you got to change. You got to yeah. you just you guys got to tweak it. it. God, that that song is perfect for this yeah. though. Spirit in the Sky. We just call it the place that's the best because that's the spirit in the sky. Yeah, no, it's true. Gonna go to the place that's the best. Okay, hear me out on this one. <laughs> what about on a mission from God? That sounds too much like Blues Brothers. Because that two is are, the Blues Brothers. Those yeah. two are on a mission from God to find out who's murdering all these rock stars. Bloody Sunday. Don't fear the Reaper. That one's pretty good. Isn't that? I think that's probably already a movie though. That's a good pun though. Dead Man's Curve, knocking on heaven's door. That one's pretty good. Maggot hey, brain. Hey, 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 hey. The show must go on. That's already a movie. I'm pretty sure. Damn it. Dude, carry on my wayward son. Knocking on Heaven's Door is the name of the Cowboy Bebop movie. Long December. Princess. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Except for we're not gonna have anybody from that band. The Great Gig in the Sky. How did yeah, I yeah. not immediately yeah. think of that? That's a good one. God damn it. Great gig in the sky. I'm so fucking stupid that I didn't immediately think of that. I fucking love that song, too. Dude, great gig in the sky. The great gig Holy in the sky. shit. You can't, you can't Dude, get a better Dude, I knew word. this was worth looking up. Damn, that's good. All that's right. good. Everybody agree? That's good. I'm good with that. That's All right. good. Great gig in the sky. That's our movie. Got some new orders from management. Someone's got whacked. Whacked? Uh, what does that mean? Wasted, oist, cavorked, sent to the farm. He got bloody OJ'd, man. I wasn't aware that was even possible here. Who was it? Fucking Dean Martin. Apple juice man. Does he still drink that? I don't think he drinks much of anything anymore, mate. It was the wildest thing, man. I saw him on the floor, and when I went to touch him, he turned to ash. Ash? That's wild, man. I know you gumshoes are new at this, but we'd really like to know what happened to Dean. The management has given us the abilities needed to deal with a situation like this. The management? Ain't that a kick in the head. I thought that was Mr. Martin's song. Yeah, well, he's got something to say about it. He's being awful quiet. just doesn't make any sense! We're a couple of stiffs, mate. Nothing makes sense anymore. No, no. I mean we've looked into the past of every dead musician in history. Even Beethoven was squeaky clean. The problem is, dead folks got no need for revenge. That's for the living. The living. Come out! I know it was you! Maybe it was. I'm not the man I used to be. Thank you everyone for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. 
Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.